Amen. If you would join me in Luke chapter 10, that's where we're going to be at for our passage of Scripture today. We're currently answering the question, what would you do if you only had 30 days uh, to live? And we're looking at the life of Jesus and his example. If you're finding that passage in the Pew Bible, you can find that on page 728. Jesus knew that his days were numbered, and so he made those days count. Last week we looked at Psalm 39, which showed us how we can number our days and make them count. And today I want us to see what Jesus did uh, to make his days count, not only while he was there, but to look beyond his time, to make a difference that would have that ongoing impact in the days ahead. Just recently read a book by Greg Ogden. Some of you might be familiar with that name. He wrote Discipleship Essentials, which is a book that several of you have gone through in our discipleship groups here at Faith. And in the book, he said that sometimes he's invited to go to a church and give a discipleship seminar to encourage the church to be serious about discipleship. And he'll ask the congregation to imagine if they learned that their pastor was going to leave, either he'd have to move away or he had some illness and he was going to die, in about a year's time. And that when he left, they would not be able to replace him with another pastor. That they wouldn't be able to call a university or a seminary and get another pastor. But they would have to fill that role from within the congregation. What would they do? And he said when he asked that question, he asked them to take some time and write out. And many of the times people realized there would need to be some, some serious mentoring and training that would happen to prepare someone to fill that role for some people to fill that role. What we have in the passage that we're going to read today is that Jesus is preparing the disciples for his absence, for his departure. Before we read in Luke 10, I want you to just go back a few verses in chapter 9 and look at 951. Luke tells us, Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. 9.51, Luke tells us Jesus knows his time has come for the crucifixion. And it's going to be several chapters where Luke gives us the story of Jesus making his way into Jerusalem and the final week of his life in Jerusalem. And so Jesus' mindset, his face is set steadfastly towards Jerusalem and towards the cross, his crucifixion. And so he tells us that in 951, and then we pick up in chapter 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. The 70 others also is addition to the 12 that he had appointed as disciples and sent out once before. So he appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So Jesus sends the 70 into all of the towns and villages that he will pass through on his way towards Jerusalem. They're doing some preparatory work for when he arrives on his journey. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs, among wolves, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. 
But whatsoever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. And if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. And whatever city you enter, if they receive you, eat such things as they set before you. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, Go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day of Sodom than for that city. I don't know if you guys know this, um, but I'm older than I used to be. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's much of a shock. Um, it has been very surprising to me. Um, and one of the side effects of being older is that I just cannot bounce back from staying up late like I used to. And normally when I would go to Virginia and I would be uh, in town, I'm there to visit my family, and you know, there's a whole day of events that my family has planned, and so I'm with my family, and so then I would try to get together with friends from high school or college late in the evening after I've been doing these things with my family all day, and we would stay up very, very late catching up. And then the next morning, I'd wake up and just go about all of the activities that my family had. And I've tried to do that the last couple trips, and it just doesn't work. And the reason that I would attempt to stay up late is because I wanted to catch up with those guys. Our time is short. Our time is limited. And I want to catch up with them. And I want to hear how things are going. Jesus is in his last days. And you would think that he wants to squeeze every last drop out of these final days that he has with his closest friends, these disciples. And he could even give it a noble cause and saying, well, I need to teach them everything that I can in these last days. And he would do that. But what he tells us happens after saying that Jesus is headed towards Jerusalem where he is going to die as he sends them all out. He sends his 70 followers out into all of these different cities. And he doesn't just send them on a quick errand. He sends them out on these ministry expeditions and the reason was, is he wanted them to get real-life experience in the field, doing the work of ministry. He was preparing them for the days ahead when he would no longer be with them. He was preparing them for the days ahead when they would be doing the ministry in his absence. And he tells us why he's doing this in verse 2. He says to the disciples, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest that he sends forth laborers into his harvest. Jesus knew that there was more work than there are workers. And by the way, that has always been the case. The church has never had a demand problem. It's always had a supply problem. The church has never had a shortage of places where there need to be churches. Today, we have a missionary with us today who feels called to North Dakota, right? A place where there are not enough gospel-preaching churches. A place where there are many people who do not know Christ. And there are places like North Dakota all around us. There are people who need to hear the gospel. Everywhere Jesus went, he saw crowds, and he was moved with compassion them and wanted there to be more laborers to share the message, the good news with them. By the way, because there's always this demand, 
There's, there's never been cities. There's, there's never been a shortage of cities that need churches. And there's never been a shortage of churches that need pastors and leaders. And there's never been a shortage of pastors who need deacons. And there's never been a shortage of ministry leaders who need volunteers. There's always more work to be done for the cause of Christ. It's also the reason that there's no retiring from ministry. There's a change in roles. One day I will not serve as the pastor here at Faith Church um, but I'll continue to do ministry in some form or fashion because there always will be ministry to be done. There's always going to be that call. Jesus recognizes there is a great shortage of workers. And he wants these disciples to be ready to do ministry when he leaves. So he is doing this to train them up. One of the values here at Faith Church is that we want to be a learning hospital. And we say a learning hospital because, you know, there are hospitals you go, and they're fantastic, but some of the, 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 the best hospitals are learning hospitals because there's a university connected to it. And those students who are training to go into the medical profession, they walk alongside of the doctors at that hospital. And we want our church to be like that. We want our church to be a place where young ministers and young aspiring ministry leaders have the opportunity to walk alongside and gain opportunity to do ministry and then can be sent out nearby or far away to do God's work. Um, I'm thankful that there are big mega churches and large churches in big cities that do this and have incredible residency programs and internships. But the majority of our churches out there are in towns like Chandler and Jamestown, North Dakota. And we want to be a place where ministers can get experience that will translate into those rural towns and cities. One of the things that we're so thankful for here at Faith is that in addition to myself uh, being able to teach, that we also have Pastor Eric and Pastor Dustin that we have Isaac, who's interning with us, that we have Gage, who's currently on spring break from his studies at Welch College. We want to see more and more people answering the call to serve in that way. But it's not just limited to people who are going to serve in vocational ministry roles. We want to see people trained up to be on worship teams and to serve in kids' ministry and to lead groups and discipleship groups. We want to always be training up leaders. So, this is a definite need. So Jesus is going to send them out so they can gain this important ministry experience. So then he next give them, gives them this really encouraging pep talk. He says, you guys are going out like lambs among wolves. Super exciting, right? What a mascot. Um, I noticed that the Jamestown University mascot is the Jimmies. I have no idea what that means. Um, my kid's school... Uh, they played in the sectional championship game last week. Uh, they lost. But we went to the sectional championship game, and they were playing the North Dubois Jeeps. That was the mascot, the Jeeps. I had never heard of that mascot. And I looked at Jeeps on their uniform, and I was like, is that like the truck, the Jeep? Is that what that is? Because that that they're like out in the wild, and they can go over trails? Like a, no, that's not what it is. Does anybody know what the North Dubois Jeeps are? Jeep was the animal from Popeye. From Popeye. All right, so super popular animal from a cartoon in the 1950s, right? Um, so that, that's what it's from. It's, it's, 
he's, he was like a fourth dimensional character or something. There's one episode of the cartoon where he's introduced and Popeye goes, what? He, he doesn't even understand what the creature is, right? That's a confusing mascot. I'd take a confusing mascot over lambs because everybody knows what that means. Lambs among wolves means you're defenseless. Jesus is not sending the disciples out with great, fierce, tough, impressive strength. He's sending them out among wolves. Their mascot, their metaphor is like a lamb. And the reason for that is that the disciples are not being sent out in their own strength. They're not being sent out like lions. They're not being sent out like eagles. They're being sent out as lambs because the power is not in them. It's in the one who goes with them. And if that wasn't clear, he then sends them with no resources. He says, don't take money. Don't take an extra coat. Um, we talked about this when he sent out the 12 a couple of months ago. What Jesus was doing here is he's helping them develop the, the strength, the trust, the faith to know that God is going to meet their needs. That God is going before them. That they'll be empowered by him. They wanted them to be ready to carry the message forward and do so with peace. Not because they had all of these things at their disposal, but because they knew God was going with them. The same is true for us today, Faith Church. We share the message of the gospel here in southern Indiana as we have over these last several decades, not because we're so impressive, not because we have all of these resources, but because God is with us. He has done the work that we cannot do. You see, in Jesus' final days, he was preparing the disciples for the days beyond his final days. In Jesus' final days, he was looking beyond those days. He was looking beyond this life. And it was very easy for him to do that because he was so clear on his mission. He knew what he was about. He knew why he was here. He knew why he came. And this has all been preparation for that. Faith Church, we cannot lose sight of the mission that God has given us. We cannot lose sight of what God has called us to do. We can't make it about what makes us look good. We can't make it about what's comfortable or what's easy. We can't make it about what would be enjoyable must but look beyond all of that and fulfill the mission that God has called us to right here. Do the hard work of raising up leaders. Do the hard work of carrying the mission to the community around us. And if we're clear on that, we'll make that what our, our days are about. All of them. Even our final ones. Would you bow your heads with me?
And I hope today has been a reminder of what we're about and the mission we're called to. You know, there are times when it would just be easier to do it yourself than to teach your kids to do it. A bit easier just to, to tie their shoes for them than to train them. In faith church, we're raising up leaders. And there are times that that's hard and it takes greater investment and greater effort. But that's what we're about. Because we know that the mission goes on beyond us. Father, I pray that you'd work in our hearts in this moment. Lord, that we would follow your example. Lord, that we would make our days count by investing in the generation to come and raising up leaders, perhaps that we can send out or who can lead the church of tomorrow. Lord, I ask that we would follow your example in this. We pray these things in your name. If you would just remain in a spirit of prayer as the team leads us, if you'd like to sing along, feel free. The altar is open if God's speaking to your heart and you need to come forward for prayer. Mm -hmm.